Hey friends. Welcome to the Field Guide to Particle Physics. This is your informal guide to the subatomic ecosystem that we're all immersed in. Today, four reasons to build a new particle collider. The Large Hadron Collider, or LHC, has turned on again, pushing the collision energy between protons up to 13.6 tera electron volts. This is its third major run, and plenty of good science has already been done. As this international facility approaches its design energy, some physicists are already setting up for the next big experiment. As well they should, it takes an entire generation of physicists to build one. The first official design document for the LHC was submitted late in 1995, just a few months after Fermilab announced the discovery of the top quark. The collider at Fermilab, the Tevatron, was officially approved in 1979. The construction of these behemoth experiments has only gotten more intricate with time. For particle physics to progress, we need to start the construction of the next big experiment now. To quote Will Kinney, and frankly a lot of other physicists, we should build a muon collider. Why build a new particle collider? The LHC collides protons. Muon colliders can provide a much cleaner signal than a proton collider. Protons, you see, are tiny bags of subnuclear goo in which three valence quarks live. While collisions between those constituent quarks certainly create a mess of new particles, these hadrons also have a lot of extra gooey shrapnel left over from each collision. Protons are easier to accelerate than electrons, which are enormously inefficient at high energies. So the trade-off for reaching new energies is the giant mess provided at each proton's collision. For all their operational inefficiencies, electron-positron colliders provide a clean, relatively crisp signal because the particles themselves are far simpler. For all we know, they're elementary. While proton colliders can push towards new knowledge by touching the edge of observable collision energies, the clarity afforded by lepton colliders typically complements this approach by refining that knowledge through careful study. What's exciting about muon colliders is that they can potentially offer both. The clarity at high energy scales is expected to give us sufficient position to see new physics. Last time, we gave an implicit, if ambivalent, eulogy for weak-scale supersymmetry. Our thesis was that we don't need a radical redesign of the standard model of particle physics. So, given that null hypothesis, why does it make sense to build yet another mammoth experiment? Today, I will give you four reasons, but the first amongst these is simple. First, there's a lot more science to do. We don't fully understand the standard model. Plenty of parameters aren't precisely known. We're only beginning to understand how quarks interact with each other beyond the familiar meson and baryon representations. There are some mild peculiarities that violate time reversal invariance too that need to be investigated. And of course, we would do well to understand the interactions, decays, and other details of the Higgs boson a whole lot more. The value of the mass and its self-coupling is suspiciously close to a critical scale, which itself demands an explanation. Second, technology transfer to medicine and industry. We learn a lot by building and using new particle accelerators. Improving the performance of the accelerating magnets requires both developing new superconducting technologies as well as new ways to productionalize them. 
Improving the performance of beam-focusing magnets requires both developing new superconducting technologies as well as new ways to productionalize them. The LHC has over 1,200 superconducting dipole magnets that each weighs 35 metric tons and produces an enormous 8.3 tesla magnetic field. 8.3 tesla each. By comparison, the gigantic magnetic fields in a typical MRI machine are 1.5 tesla. A typical refrigerator magnet is more like 1% of a tesla. The technology transfer from collider physics to medicine alone has accomplished enormous amounts for diagnosing and treating cancer. Many hospitals and medical facilities have their own accelerators now to create radioisotopes for tracing. Where do you think they learn to build, run, and maintain those particle accelerators? And that superconducting material technology has applications far beyond just magnets. For example, superconducting coils can serve as an industrial factory-scale surge protector. But hardware aside, one of the biggest challenges of building detectors for the LHC was data collection. There was so much data coming in at such high velocity that it literally could not be written to disk fast enough. Between the LHC's data pipeline and that of the Vera Rubin telescope, it's pretty clear that these large experiments were on the bleeding edge of the technologies that touch virtually every aspect of modern life. Third, institutional memory is valuable. We have generations of physicists and an enormous collective experience in building these projects. The creative supply chain runs deep. And applications to modern technologies cannot be overstated. Businesses exist specifically to find new purposes for this technology. Ending our run at Collider Experiments now as a society would destroy that intellectual and industrial ecosystem. In short, if we don't keep building new colliders, we would forget how to build them. We would lose our institutional memory, not to mention the massive blow to diplomacy that such an international collaboration can build. For a localized example, consider the Superconducting Supercollider, or SSC. The SSC, which was slated to finish running a decade before the LHC even turned on, in Texas, was expensive, sure, but since that project was cancelled, the center of innovation in collider physics has moved from the US to Europe. As we mentioned above, those downstream benefits to the economy of all those kinds of expenditures suggest that the price tag should have been rephrased as an investment. An investment that we didn't make in the United States. Compared to the 14 TeV maximum design energy of the LHC, the SSC would have topped out at 20 TeV. We would have found the Higgs in Texas a decade earlier. Fourth, even more scientific research comes with it. Particle physics has an excellent track record of delivering new science. Armchair laments about the failure of weak-scale supersymmetry aren't meaningful policy conversations. Scientific progress is and should be measured by what we actually learn, not the difference between what we expect to find and what we did. Using this more appropriate metric, we have learned an enormous amount from the LHC and can expect to learn even more at the next big collider. The aftermarket value of these colliders to other kinds of science might also surprise you. The Stanford Linear Collider at SLAC was repurposed as the world's first hard X-ray laser affording new insight into how molecules, and some really big ones like proteins, are structured and move in real time. So yes, there is every reason to continue building particle accelerators, to continue searching, 
there is still so much to learn. So what's next? Hopefully many things. In particular, we should build a muon collider. Next time, we'll dig into the details of what a muon collider is, their challenges, and how they marry the best parts of hadron and lepton colliders. This has been an installment of the Field Guide to Particle Physics, a copyrighted production of the Poseidon Institute. We're in our third season, and it's all about antimatter. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this episode interesting, fascinating, pleasantly confusing, or even just useful, please make sure to subscribe for more and pass it around. For a full, free online copy of the Field Guide, please visit our website at pasatan.org or follow the Pasatan Institute on Instagram. At the Pasatan Institute, we are on a mission to build and share physics knowledge without barriers. Come learn with us.